right, joining me now, he is a sports media columnist for the New York Post, and he's the co-host of the Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. It is Andrew Marshan. Andrew, thank you for making the time. It's been quite the offseason in your world. It has been uh, the NFL TV free agent frenzy. I got a text. I was, you know, I was on top because of the Aikman stuff coming up and Al Michaels. Uh, but then it really kind of went into full gear, I guess, right after the Super Bowl when I got a text about Aikman and maybe Joe Buck going to ESPN. I got up from the dinner table. Say, I said, I got to go. And I feel like it hasn't stopped since. So uh, we're what now almost into we're in mid-May. Yeah, it, it's been a crazy off season, and I'll get into all of that. But people who don't know, I'm a media junkie. I've always loved following the sports media landscape. And as you said, these last few months have been just absolutely wild. And it really escalated to a whole new level last week when we got the Tom Brady news. And he gets this massive deal from Fox to eventually be their number one guy. How did all this kind of come into fruition? Because I know you did reporting and you mentioned his name early on in the process when he was retired, but then he came back to football. It kind of cooled off. And I always felt like he wasn't the media type of guy. I think he's on the record in an article that he's never going to do it. How did all this happen that he's going to Fox with a massive 10 year deal, $375 million that you reported on. So when Aikman and Buck left, Fox kind of thinks of itself, and if you look at their roster, as going for Hall of Famers, the biggest names. Uh, and so Tom Brady did fit that billing. So I did mention in articles, uh, he, had di- he did an article with Jason Gay of the Wall Street Journal, their great columnist, where uh, he told Gay that uh, uh, he didn't want to be in the booth ever. So, um, but when he was retired... I'll put quotes on that, whatever that means. You know better than I do, Ari, what happened yes, there. Yes. Uh, when he was retired, he was on the radar. Yeah, that's a possibility. When he came back to play, that kind of fell off my radar. Like Tom Brady's not an option. And I hadn't really thought he was a great option, even though when I look back to people I spoke to, someone was mentioning to me $25 million uh, for Brady. And maybe he thinks about it at that number uh, in terms of doing games. Uh, and that was uh, you know, round... I think it was right before the Super Bowl, right? Because he retired when right he after retired his after his playoff loss six days later. That's when it was reported. Then three days after that, he made it official. Okay, yeah. so so if I get my timeline right, then you know that was after that. Uh, then maybe he'd consider it. Uh, and so Fox started to talk with him then, uh, and it was kept very low. Uh, and they're, they're kind of the circles that I run in and talk with people all the time. We're trying to figure out who is Fox going to get for. Uh, their analysts, they kind of felt like it'd be Greg Olson. Uh, they liked him. Uh, they've nurtured Greg Olson uh, to be an analyst and kind of foresaw him as maybe a potential number one, but he's only done one year. He was an all pro, but not a hall of famer. So he didn't fit the billing. Uh, so they kept negotiating, got to the highest levels of Fox. Uh, and uh, you start talking about the numbers that it got to in terms of 10 years, $375 million for an overall deal with Fox. It's hard to say no uh, to that. You know, the question is, uh, when will Brady retire from playing? Uh, And when he does, you know, will he have other options as well? So, uh, but it's pretty good to have that kind of, uh, no, you can, I can do this. This is one option. So I, yeah, I've had this conversation a lot. Like, will he actually do it? Um, We'll see. I I don't know if I'm a hundred percent that I'll even get to that because I do think that Miami story is real uh, and, 
uh, he kind of has gone from one thing to another. So I'm not, and it doesn't seem like beforehand and even now after it's like, wow, I can't wait to be in a booth. It's more like, well, you offered me all this money. I'll right. do it. And it's good for Fox. It's good for everybody because first off, if you're Fox and it does go through, you want to be in business with Tom Brady. Uh, that's the kind of the future of media. You look at what Peyton Manning's done, what LeBron's done, others. Uh, and so that's good for them. And then if let's say it doesn't happen, if you're Fox, you got a great bump of Tom Brady going to join Fox uh, and then maybe you do some other deal if he, if he ends up never going into the booth. Right. And the thing that I've been trying to figure out, there's a lot to digest there, but $37 million a year, there's also the ambassador role. What does that even mean? It's not $37 million just to call games. It sounds like there's more to this. Do we have any idea what that is? Fox has not explained what else he would do. Uh, if you look at what they have, um, I was at their upfront presentations this week. Uh, they made a big deal about Tubi, uh, which is their streaming service. It's not a subscription service, it's an advertising-based service. And they're trying to grow that even more. Uh, and I've known for a while that they're excited about it. They think, you know, they're zigging where everyone's zagging, asking for subscription money. They have Kevin Garnett involved in one project. Could I see Tom Brady involved in projects there? I wrote in my newsletter the other day, uh, 2B12, I think has a nice ring to it. Uh, so that's a possibility. Uh, they also have been big into gambling uh, with Fox Bet. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at what they've done with FanDuel uh, and Fox Bet in the gambling space, I do think that uh, maybe Brady could, I'm, again, I'm just speculating here, Brady could have some sort of uh, spokesman role, you know, in, in that. And would, would he really want that out there now as an active player? So maybe that comes to fruition after. So you start adding that up and like the 375 kind of seems a little light, quite honestly, because he's Tom Brady, right? right. The number starts when you talk about the booth at 18, because that's where Brady, I mean, excuse me, that's where Aikman and, and Romo are. So, uh, and then you just go from there and for him to go early with it, uh, you know, it had to keep escalating up and up. And, and also the idea that I don't think he necessarily really wanted to do this. Um, and I think that's where you get to this agreement. All right. So this is another thing that's interesting to me because you mentioned the Miami story and there are some legs to that thing. The idea of him becoming a minority owner, is that still possibly on the table now? Like, could he leave this Fox deal eventually at some point? How does the contracts work in, in broadcasting? I'm not hundred percent sure how that works. Well, I, I don't know the language in the deal, so I can't tell you a hundred percent, but Tom Brady really had all the leverage, right? He's Tom Brady. So that's, that's, that's enough of the leverage. Uh, you know, ESPN did have some interest, not at, at that, the level that Fox did because they don't have, they already have the Mannings and they have Aikman and Buck and they don't really have the uh, anywhere to put him on games, which is really the, the focus. Uh, but I think if Tom Brady went to him and was like, I don't want to do this. I, they're not going to say, no, you have to be there uh, every week for the next 10 years. I just don't foresee that happening. So it's an agreement. But if Tom Brady at some point said, no, I don't want to do it, I think he'd be able to get out of it. And uh, it just seems as if, you know, this, you, 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 you do the football part, but he, re, you know, retired quotes, unretired, you know, Bruce Arians, whatever it was there uh, was going to go to Miami, you know, obviously you guys in the NFL have reported on that. I have my own sources. That was hundred percent real. That was very well. Like, I don't know if it would have happened because of uh, it had to be a trade and all that kind of stuff, but that was in play. So he possibly could have had ownership and been in the front office. Then this Fox thing, I don't think happens. Uh, and then, um, you know, now uh, he's going to be in the booth for 10 years. And so uh, you kind of get the feeling that if he ever does retire from playing, he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do. 
Interesting. And, you know, you also brought up the Mannings. Peyton Manning especially is the name that was always brought up with broadcasting. And now he has the Alma Productions and he's doing the Manning cast. And ownership in the Broncos is something that he's interested in. But did he ever kind of get an offer like a Brady package anywhere? Because he is always the ultimate name that was brought up, but he's kind of doing other stuff. Well, I think he does have a Brady package, right? So uh, I think we don't know the exact number of his deal with ESPN, but I do think it's in the 20 million a year, you know, plus 20 million plus a year range. Uh, And so um, when you look at that, uh, he basically had a Brady deal and now Brady's top that and uh, manning those contracts up in four years, I think. So, you know, he'll be in, if it goes the way it's been going, and I think there are people at ESPN who think he's their most important personality that they have, you know, Stephen A, yeah. whomever else you want to say, Buck and Aikman, that Peyton's the most important uh, because he's been really important to ESPN Plus with his Peyton Places. That's very successful. Uh, and then the Manning cast really changed the perception in a lot of ways of Monday Night Football. Uh, and so uh, he's, he's important. Um, so I think he already has his Brady deal. We just don't know the exact number. Right. So Peyton is still going to be doing the Manning cast with Eli. But the difference this year is, of course, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are now on the main telecast. Let me ask you this. When the season ended for Fox, were they anticipating a scenario where both are gone? And I guess when did ESPN started making that ultra aggressive push? Because they've been in on some big names and failed. When did that all happen as well? So the feeling was and where the negotiations were around the Super Bowl, uh, Aikman would have gone to Amazon on Thursday nights and done games with Al Michaels. And then he would have done the uh, doubleheader games. America's game of the week was what Fox calls it uh, in the afternoons on uh, Sundays when it was a doubleheader, the big game uh, with Joe Buck and then the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Uh, that deal fell apart uh, late, uh, which it looked like it was going to be agreed upon and everything, all this probably wouldn't have happened basically. Uh, maybe ESPN makes a big play uh, for, you know, a Sean McVay or somebody else, uh, but they wouldn't have gotten Aikman and Buck then. Uh, so, but then Aikman, they decided let's go for Aikman and they were going to either pair him. They thought with, they thought at one point with, they tried to get Al Michaels who might've gone back and returned to Monday night football. Um, then it became apparent Joe Buck had one year on his contract. Maybe you can get Aikman and Buck uh, Buck's 53 years old. Al Michaels is in his late seventies. So, and Buck and Aikman have been a team together for 20 years. You kind of have a proven commodity uh, where ESPN has been very rocky in that main Monday night booth. And so that's when it turned Uh, Fox had to let uh, Buck out of his contract. They ended up doing that. And now uh, for $165 million combined, uh, Buck and Aikman will be your main Monday night booth for the next five years leading into the ABC slash ESPN Super Bowl in 2027. Would you know when they allowed Buck and Aikman to go, were the Brady talks underway or were they kind of stuck on an island a little bit? I think that I've heard mixed things, but they had Brady in mind. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, they didn't know they were going to get him. They just, I think they had him in mind. I, I've heard that maybe that there was contact already um, before Buck left. You know, Aikman left first, mm-hmm. then Fox had to let Buck out of his contract. They could have just said, you know, stay one more year. But I think in that, scenario uh they would have uh had to um and they might have had a bridge year maybe where right. steve levy might have worked with aikman waiting for joe buck that would be kind of awkward yeah interesting so 
you know, looking at Fox now, it, it's kind of interesting because Kevin Burkhardt now takes over the number one team. And me being from New York and being a Mets guy, it's pretty awesome to see him because he started off eight years as a Mets field reporter. Is Greg Olson the number one guy this year? It sounds like that's likely, but is he like in a bit of an awkward situation right now where I'm doing number one, I'm doing a Super Bowl this year, but then I'm going to be demoted eventually back to number two, right? Yes, but I think it's a great opportunity for Greg Olson. If you're Greg Olson, and I told you Fox's kind of attitude in terms of they like the legendary players, the Hall of Famers, uh, you're always going to have someone looking over your shoulder. So if you don't do a great job, you're not going to have that job for long, probably anyway. They're going to replace you with, if it's not Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, uh, one of these guys would come out and probably replace you if you don't do a good job. Now he knows Brady's kind of in the on-deck circle. And to me, you take that job. Uh, they, they they offered him a raise already, but like if they offered you $1, you take that job because you now you're in the conversation, especially if you do a really good job. Uh, you're in the conversation with Brady, Romo, Aikman, these jobs, the top job pays super well, super visible. Uh, you're doing Super Bowls, Olsen had a chance to do two of the next three. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, do we know 100%? If I say, all right, 100% Tom Brady is going to do this? Like, you, you can give me, what are you going to, what, what percentage would you put it at? I would put it at least one year for sure. I'll put it about 85. All right. So 85. at least get started. At least one get started. year, 85, one year. So again, all this stuff, these are elite athletes who've uh, only advanced in football to the highest levels and have been the best like this. So they're not used to there. So they're hyper competitive. And that means you have ego involved and we all have ego involved in whatever we do, but they, you know, even more so you, you, you would think. And so you do, though, I think at some point, and this happens like in everyone's career, uh, where you have to put your ego aside a little bit. You got to swallow it a little bit. And then uh, it can work out if you're positive. And I think for Greg Olson, this is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, put your head down. You know you get along with Burkhart. You guys have a year under your belt. Go hit a home run and make it so, wait, they're going to replace this guy? And NBC's deal is going to be up with Collinsworth in four years you know, things change and he's only, he's in his late thirties. So you have a long time. There's a long window for you to get in there and demand the big money. And which if there wasn't a Brady already there, uh, I just think he, it might not be as uh, an ideal circumstance. So uh, I think if Olsen can look past that uh, he'll be in good shape and it'd be a smart move. And if he, he doesn't do this, I, I think it would be a major mistake. Interesting. So your vision is more of just get your foot in the door, show off what you can do and see where it goes from here. And that kind of brings me to this next guy who you reported on Sunday, and that is Drew Brees. You report he's no longer of NBC after just one year. Doesn't sound like studio work is what he wants to do. I'm a bit of a believer that judging him off one playoff game is a bit unfair. What are his options? I mean, does he want to be a number two or number three guy? Is it what you just said, just get your foot in the door, show what you can do, and eventually see where it goes. What do you think he does? Number one, I agree with you. Okay. I don't think you could just focus on one game. I watched his Notre Dame games, and he did okay. It wasn't like terrible, wasn't amazing, but it was, well, there's potential there. Uh, and he's Drew Brees. Uh, so that's number one. If he wants to do games, he should take the Fox job. Because if you think about it, a year from now, there's a number one opening. You think Drew Brees is getting that job? No, he's not. His, his name is kind of associated with Jason Witten. He also kind of gets unfairly bludgeoned over one year in a terrible setup, et cetera. But uh, 
if he goes, go to Fox. If you want, if you want to do this, go to Fox, do the number two game, do well. You're still Drew Brees. Build up your ability as a broadcaster, and the same situation will be there. He's still in his mid forties, uh, and there's just not. That's like if you look. Okay, there's like four or five top jobs. He'd have six or seven. That, that's pretty good, and it puts you in position to do better games if this is what he likes to do, which he's already said publicly he does. I was told it a number of times. He was on with Dan Patrick around Thanksgiving of last year where he said that. Uh, and uh, so if I were him, if this is what he wants to do, I, that's, that's what I would do. I would not, uh, you know, he sent out his tweet where he kind of said, well, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. He doesn't like studio. I don't see how that's, that's not, re, you know, turning uh, back. And then, Doing Notre Dame without Mike Tirico and maybe like an inexperienced play-by-player like Jack Collinsworth. Again, if you don't want to have a broadcasting career, go do that, Drew. And if you want to do NFL games, that's not the way to get there. So to me, the obvious choice is Fox isn't going to pay him a lot. And he could get his ego again, ego, if it gets in the way. And he says, I don't want to do it because you're paying Brady all this money. Romo gets all this money, Peyton, whatever. But if you want to do this, go, you'll build yourself up again, like you did from when you went from San Diego to New Orleans, and uh, you might have a long broadcasting career. And it'd be impressive too, because it would be showing a little bit of swallowing your ego and doing the right thing. And he's made plenty of money. And I think Bridge would also be in that category of Hall of Famer superstar, which is what Fox is looking for, 100%. which is what you mentioned before. So that decision is still waiting for. There's a different guy who I also want to bring up, and you mentioned it before as well. And that is Sean McVay. I don't think this was covered enough, but it sounds like the talks were fairly serious with Amazon. Al Michaels is, I believe, a close friend and neighbor with him. The money was real. How close was that to potentially happening there? Well, it was close and it was not close, right? So uh, Sean McVay said his, made his comments uh, around the Super Bowl. Uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN had a column where he mentioned a bunch of coaches who could go into broadcast and McVay was in there. Those two things came together. Then this was an important element. He won the Super Bowl, right? right? So not only did he have like kind of the one accomplishment you want to have before you kind of step away for a little while, he uh, made himself even more uh, marketable because if you think about if you're Amazon, you have Al Michaels, greatest play-by-player of all time on the NFL. And then you have Sean McVay who just won a Super Bowl. That'd be pretty good out of the gate if you're Amazon. So there was a meeting scheduled, um, I think at the combine and like the, the following week, but the Friday before is when he said he was staying that Friday night. Um, then I reported that they were prepared to offer him $20 million. I could get into all, there's a lot of, if you look at the, behind the scenes people they know like they there wasn't like he, he knew what he could get right yeah, he, he there was he wasn't guessing uh but he wanted to coach it's pretty apparent that we're gonna be talking and i'm gonna be writing about sean mcveigh again in the future uh for some of these jobs uh and i think he could go into the broadcast booth uh at some point uh for big big money so you believe TV executives are still eyeing him down the road eventually. They believe he's going to eventually leave similar to what maybe John Madden did back in the day. He's basically said it. I don't, you know, I don't think there's uh he said he doesn't want to be a lifer. Yeah. He wants to be there. He's getting married. He wants to be there if they presumably have children. Uh, and so also if you're Sean McVay, right. He has a nice situation now uh, with his quarterback and, and we all, you know, the NFL, uh, the quarterback's the most important thing. So, but the, they did mortgage the future, 
So do you really want to stay around when that, when, when the bill comes due and I, they seem to be good with the salary cap again, not my expertise, but maybe they can, you know, make it go, keep going with that, you know, philosophy, but let's just say the bill comes due. That'd be a good time to leave. Uh, and so then you're out, right. I kind of joked, uh, that I want Sean McVay to sign up as a broadcaster. So then I can start writing about Sean McVay leaving for coaching. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and so, and he, he will be able to sit back, see if the cowboy job or whatever job he really wants comes open when, uh, let's say Arch Manning lives up to the hype and he gets drafted number one by the jets uh, when they just, you know, flame out again with <laughs> Zach Taylor number. No, hopefully he's good. Zach Taylor. But anyways, uh, wherever he wants to go, he'll be in prime position to be, I got $20 million or whatever he makes a year as a broadcaster and then go coach. It's just, the world could be very well set up for Sean McVay. And so you can see how broadcasting and then even his coaching career, if he, he could return to coaching, he'll be able to pick, you know, in, in, you would think if he does well these next couple of years, he might be able to pick that following job with the quarterback he wants, the situation he wants, the money he wants. Uh, it, it seems like it's pretty good to be Sean McVay right now. No, absolutely. I mean, he's still 36. You mentioned the Super Bowl win. You mentioned that roster, um, having the quarterback under contract. Um, you mentioned the fact that he is getting married and he has mentioned this about, I mean, I think his comment was he doesn't want to be like, a Bill Belichick essentially where I'm still doing this at 70, mm -hmm. but he's the type of guy who I could see leaving when he's 40 and then doing broadcasting, which I think he'll be great at. And then if he wants to come back, the door will always be open for him. Um, speaking of coaches named Sean, Sean Payton is somebody who stepped away from a team who has mortgaged their future in a big way. It sounds like he's going to Fox in the studio, but was the interest there for him or was there some concern that this is more of a one-year thing? I do think the fact that it seems common knowledge that he could be the next Cowboy coach uh, or go back to coaching in some capacity in some place uh, in the NFL, that doesn't help you, right? If you're a, especially on the games, you really want to bring in somebody for one of your top two teams that you think is going to leave in a year. Uh, and so, I mean, I always kind of haven't pegged for that Fox studio from the beginning, uh, with that pre pregame show they have with Shager and Carissa Thompson and um, Michael Vick and company. Uh, and so uh, at 11 o'clock on Sundays and then kind of that Jimmy Johnson fill in role. Uh, and so that kind of is a, to me, an ideal position for him. First off is the exposure. Number one, number two, those guys from what I understand really have a great Sunday enjoying watching the games together. Uh, just like they just love that aspect of it. And most of those crews do the studio crews uh, hanging out together. Um, kind of like that old locker room feel uh, and just enjoying watching the games and talking about them. Uh, and so he, he can get a sense of if he likes it, Fox can get a sense of if he is good and then maybe it grows from there. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's approaching 80. Uh, so, you know, he may retire uh, at some point. And so could Peyton move in there permanently? And he might like that. I mean, it's a pretty good life. And Jimmy Johnson will tell you that he was kind of one of those lifers. Yeah. And, you know, even when he was with the dolphins and he missed his mother's funeral, I believe. Um, and is that right? His grandmother. I'm not hundred percent. sure. It was like a Monday night. I it definitely like something to that vein. Um, but I, I don't know if he meant that. Is there something happened where he, he coached the game on Monday night and he said he regretted right. it after, and, you know, just kind of, there's another life out there. You don't have to be sleeping in your office and uh, 24 seven football. You can have an actual life. Uh, and so, you know, Peyton maybe will, you know, find that he enjoys this. He doesn't want to go back to the sideline and the grind of that. Uh, it's an easier life. 
so this gives them the opportunity to do that on both sides. And so I, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and though it's not official, I do believe that's happening. Yep. And you are the Jimmy has, I know it's some, some of it is because of COVID, but he's been doing most of the shows from his own home studio um, as well over the last two years. Last one here before I wrap this up. One of the biggest questions that I'm always getting is about Sunday ticket. Are we getting any closer to finding a permanent home for that? That's a good question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, at some point, yes. But I don't, I, as far as I know, I mean, we've kind of felt like maybe around the Super Bowl, we might hear something. Um, here are the contenders, Apple, Amazon, Disney, and I think the Dark Horse. And again, this is not like I don't definitely say this, but I do think the new kind of HBO Max that Warner Discovery I think they do want to spend money. They're the ones along with Apple who don't really have a relationship in terms of games with the NFL. These contracts that they just signed are for a long time. Do you really want to go that long, not having that NFL relationship? Um, you know, I was high on Apple getting it from what I was told, you know, recently. And now I've heard maybe they're not. Uh, so I've kind of, I'm not a big, I don't really like to say they're in the lead, right? Because these right. things are it's, just one one phone call away from, well, now these people are in the lead. <laughs> Right? It's not a race. It just feels like we've been talking about it for forever. Like it's been going on for months already. And I keep on get, being asked about it. And there's like no real front runner, like you said. But it's just like there's it just never stops. Like when are we getting an update on this? I think Roger Goodell kind of mentioned at the late meetings that we're still working through it. It's like, when is it going to happen? So um, Apple has been brought up a lot, but I haven't really heard much since then. Yeah. So I like, I'd love to tell you it's going to be this, you know, I'd love to break that story and tell you this is, but I really don't know for certain, right. Those, I, the, yeah. those are the contenders and I would list them probably. I'd list, I don't think, man, eh, I don't want to even say that. Cause why, why even yeah. say it? But I, I, those are the contenders. Uh, it, it has been all over the map because I've seen reporting of front runners in the past several months yep. and then it just goes away. So it's probably safer for you not to do that. Exactly. It's uh, like, uh, what was it? What's the, Kentucky Derby horse strike first or um, strike strike something. I'm not, I'm not a rich guy. Yeah. It's like so, that. Yeah. Maybe somebody's coming from the back and is going to exactly. come at the end with a huge bid and they'll get it. All right. So we'll definitely keep on keeping an eye on what happens over there. I'm sure you'll probably be the one who breaks it. All right, Andrew, I really want to thank you for coming on here. I feel like we covered a lot. Everyone can follow you on Twitter. It is at Andrew Marshan. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I think we'll definitely do it again soon. Great. Thank you.